Our special guest for today's podcast, Karen Lesham, is someone I am personally inspired by, especially in building out the femtech ecosystem that we all aspire to grow. A modest intro to all her accomplishments follows. Karen Lesham is the CEO and board member at Ocon Healthcare. Prior to Ocon, Karen served as VP Corporate Development at the European pharma company Visu Pharma. She was also a board member of a BioLight company, VC, and a university lecturer in marketing and business English. Karen has successfully led various clinical R&D and BD and fundraising close to $100 million in her various roles. She currently sits on the Femtech Labs Admissions and Advisory Board, as well as LSX's uh, Advisory Board. She's a mentor at the 8400 Health Tech Network Programme, she was also recently invited to the World Economic Forum as a technology pioneer. Karen believes in strengthening women and leads with passion, integrity and focus on her brilliant team that's, by the way, mostly women, service providers and customers. She donates her time and earnings to and with women that are starting out their careers and those who require mentoring. In her own words, she loves what she does and does what she loves. A very warm welcome to Elda's podcast series, Karen. I am so delighted to have you on board. Thank you. Thank you for being here Thank with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Uh, Karen, before we start the podcast, I wanted to tell you that the conversations that we have actually inspire so many women who listen into these conversations because they're looking at people like you and the others and saying, hey, I want to be like Karen someday. So I, I'm really lo looking forward and excited about the candid uh, chats that we're going to have in the next 30 minutes. Karen, I'd love to hear about yourself from your own very thoughts. Anything that I missed out, anything that you'd like to uh, have our viewers know about you before we start the conversation? Um, not really. Um, I really uh, am happy to be here and happy to share some of the knowledge of, uh, of the journey uh, I've passed. Even though I'm only 25, uh, I have some. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you um, do look like 16, I must say. <laughs> yeah, 26, 26. So, um, you know, if, if, anyone, if anyone can gain value or have a question uh, or make them, you know, pull themselves in a different direction, uh, for me, I did my share of uh, giving it forward um, from the mentors right. and the helpers and the people that have taught me throughout my career. So very right, happy right. today. Thank you so much. I typically start my conversation with a, sort of a thought-provoking question. If there was one incident in your life that you think really changed that the way that your life shaped up, what would be that? And that could be something personal, professional, but that one incident that you thought had actually shaped Karen for the Karen of the for today and uh, of the future. I think that uh, in in women's lives, it uh, kind of separates into two: a big career moment, uh, and I guess the family moment. Uh, but I'll talk about the career moment. Um, I think that uh, when I wanted to move into or back into healthcare. Um, I had an incredible boss and a mentor, my first one. Um, his name was Hanan. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, I told them, you know, this is not what I want to do anymore. Uh, I want to go into healthcare. And I think that by pulling me back into the company, what he offered and how he mentored mm-hmm. uh, gave me the background and the basis um, to, to the manager I am today. So I'm very thankful for him. He was a very big part of shaping uh, my leadership in my career. Wow. Very, very long time ago, 25 years ago. <laughs> wow, really nice. I would love to hear even the personal moment that changed your life for who you've become today, Karen. Uh, if you can share, what was that moment in your personal life that sort of shaped you? To be honest, I don't think there's one moment. Um, I think we all go through a journey, mm. a journey with our family, during a journey at work, journey with school, journey with our friends, journey with life, with death. Um, I think these all add up, really add up um, to make you who you are. And uh, we all have a different journey, right? Some of us start with studies and then go to work. Some of us start with work, then go to study. Some of us don't study. Some of us just work. It's really a different journey for everyone. (laughs) But I think that the people that come in and out of your journey um, all have a position um, and something to teach you. Um, So that's... No, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm also very curious to know what actually uh, pushed you into this journey of the femtech ecosystem. You're one of the stalwarts that we know, you know, who's building the future of femtech globally, if I may. But what really nudged you to get into femtech? And uh, what are your dreams and ambitions with Ocon Healthcare? That's such a good question, because uh, I really want to say that I'm, you know, this, uh, this woman that wants to create, you know, change in women's <laughs> health, but it really didn't come uh, from there. Um, I was interviewed into the company um, uh, as a VP, and uh, I quickly learned about the products and thought to myself, wow, this is so smart. Mm-hmm. And the company wasn't doing well. And I think uh, when the board approached me to, to ask me, you know, what should we do? Should we close down the company? Should we continue it? I thought to myself, this would be crazy to close it down. <laughs> we have a product that finally fits women's anatomy and can take care of so many different diseases. And I told them, I, I said, I think you would be crazy. And they asked me to take on this journey. And I thought, wow. eh, could be, a, you know, could be um, a fun and maybe, you know, important thing to do. But it wasn't from the passion, really, of women's health. It's only when I got this position hmm. um, and my additional 25 kilos <laughs> that I realized yeah, that this so important. It's so important because all the no's uh, we hear from investors. It's so important because all the women we uh, hear from uh, where we increase their quality of life. It's so important because finally we have a company that deals only with women's health. Right. We test and do studies on women. We learn about women. Uh, we can cater to diseases of you know 50% of the population. But if we look at the entire world, it's about 5 to 15%. This is right. bigger than any cancer, than any um, cardiology or any brain uh, disease, right? Right. And so I think that my journey within Ocon taught me how uh, relentless we should be to really make sure um, that we focus on women's health. You know, the whole world is going into personalized health and personalized right. health, health also means women's health. Um, my joke is always is that, you know, women have different organs than men. And I don't, I don't mean the brain. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, and, absolutely. We have and, and we need mm. to take care of diseases that specifically affect us throughout our lives, right? From the age right. of 12, 13, 14, all the way through menopause and beyond. 
right right no and we were also a part of the same femtech conference that was held um, you know last year and i think a lot of conversations just like you're mentioning karen is about how do we uh, you know sort of render gender specific care gender aware care very important for us women to be treated as women and not just as some drug that can be used after it's tested on men you know so i think it's very very That's important it. and you guys are doing a fantastic job uh, in this space would you also say that your passion to uh, empower other women you mentioned you know early career women was that transformed during your experience with okon or you've always felt this way definitely definitely yeah? i've always worked with men hmm. um i was one of the very few women in the room always always hmm. maybe the hmm. vphr was was a woman but hmm. usually it was always with men and only when i came to okon hearing and learning about other women stories and journeys and and seeing women entrepreneurs uh is when i decided that you know we need to really empower uh and give back um and mm. so if it's in in taking a, a stand on my team and having mm. it women led uh if it's taking a stand on giving back to the community and empowering women uh that may want to um escape from the cycle of prostitution or want to study or right. even students that want to come and learn a little bit more than just uh you know their first or second degree and also uh be able to make sure to lead with with example. Right. Um that not all women that lead have to be little men. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can mm. be uh leading with a smile and with a lot of passion uh and love for what we do and for the people that we work with. Oh, you're an so epitome of that. I mean, I've interacted with you a few times in the past too, but I if I have to imagine Karen, it's that bright smile and that energy and enthusiasm that you bring, uh, you know, to the to the table. Karen, any uh, suggestions or advice for our women, you know, who are at the stage where they're battling uh, work at home, you know, their bodily changes at different phases, whether it's uh, pregnancy, postpartum, perimenopause, menopause that Elda basically looks at. um you know women at every stage have multiple challenges that they are facing many women are also central to their own homes the children uh, you know depend on the woman the aging parents depend on women any tips for uh, specifically middle aged women who are either trying to you know establish themselves at work uh, trying to establish themselves at home uh, would love to hear uh, some suggestions on how we can do better i'm going to ignore the middle aged okay <laughs> um because i'm i'm there we're all there right um i think that we need to look at it at three angles one right. yeah it's hard it's hard mm-hmm. and if you really are passionate about what you do then you'll find the energy to do it so yes right. it's hard right um i would also look at the angle of who your support system is mm-hmm. right i have a fantastic support system mm-hmm. my my spouse my parents my kids um they're all very very supportive of what i do because i communicate and tell them what i do and how mm. important it is and so communication and support system is another area so knowing that it's hard communication and support system and i think the third thing is really education mm. um you know when when we uh, join a group of peers um or go through uh, certain uh, stages of our life um you know things change uh, for us mentally emotionally physically Right. Uh, we need to be able to share that and to get educated and to really communicate with with our peers with our boss uh you know with our customers to make sure that they realize that you know there's not one person that works and one person that lives and one person that's a parent of course we have different positions and different right. roles 
in different areas of our lives. But, uh, but yeah, it's hard. Uh, and, and, um, you know, don't let anyone tell you that, oh, it's so easy for her because it's so easy for him, for him because, mm. but yes, we are a pivot. And mm. I think that we need to also understand, uh, I read an article once about the good enough parent, right? The good enough. Yeah. Well, tell and, me and about it. <laughs> yeah, good yeah. It because, uh, because, you know, we're doing our best and mm. we could be good enough. Um, mm. And if we set the, the scale um, too high, mm. then we always set ourselves up for failure. I'm not saying mm. not set up the scale, mm. but just that we're good enough. And as long as we love our kids and we hug them and we love our team and we hug them, we're doing the best we can. Um, yeah. And if people are unhappy or our kids are unhappy, they'll come and tell us and then we can try to, to sort it out. But, you know, we're doing the best we can. So um, we have to give each other our, ourselves, sorry, a break once in a while. Right. To say, you know what, I'm a good enough mom, I'm a good enough boss, I'm a good enough spouse. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. and just know that, you know, these things change throughout our lives as well. Yeah, so beautifully articulated, Karen. I was also reading an article today morning on LinkedIn, you know, by a parenting coach who'd actually said, uh, we're not just a mother. Our, you know, motherhood is a role that we play. Um, you know, spouse is a role that we play. CEO is a role that we play. But it's all these things together and how we feel within that defines us as a person. So mother is not equal to whole you. You know, I think that was such an amazing thought. And, you know, just hearing you resonate uh, the entire concept of good enough. I mean, I'm going to take this back because I find myself uh, going to bed feeling I wasn't great enough at one aspect, you know, when we play multiple roles, but uh, really actually going back with that good enough thought and saying, we did the best we can, you know. I also love that uh, point about having conversations, open conversations, giving a hug to your team, giving a hug to your child. And I think keeping that open conversation would probably even help them uh, tell us when they're in need of something. So, yeah, exactly. um, I mean, exactly. amazing thoughts. And would you think uh, that this also extends to the products that you're building at Ocon? You know, any interesting uh, innovations that you're looking at, um, you know, from Ocon's point of view? Uh, what do you think is going to impact the women customers the most? Some exciting uh, products that you're looking at. You know, so one of the best things about my job and about working at Ocon is that we can relate. Right? Mm. When you work for some cancer therapeutics or mm. brain injury or, I don't know, some cardiology, you can't always relate. Right. You may not be at the age, you may not be at the, at the, at the you know, forefront of that disease. Right. Thank God. No, thank, thank God. God. <laughs> but here, we, we don't deal with life or death situations. We deal with quality of life, mm. right? And we look at women that have abnormal bleeding. We look at women... Uh, seven out of 10 that will have a fibroid in their mm. life, eight out of 10 women of color. We look at endometriosis that's coming now more and more prevalent because of di diagnostic tools that we have. And we really can relate, right? Mm. Even if I don't have abnormal bleeding, right? I menstruate every month. I right. can imagine what that woman is going through. Even if I don't have a fibroid, mm -hmm. and I know that fibroids cause you know us to, to, be, uh, to bleed and to and pain, I know what it means, you know, mm -hmm. to have pain. Um, and so I can always relate. And so I think that's the best job to have where you can relate, not necessarily have right. that specific condition or indication or disease, but at least you can relate. And that makes us work so hard mm -hmm. with a lot of passion. When women come back and say, 
you know what? My bleeding profile every month was X. And thanks to your clinical study, it's 70% less. Wow. I'm back to life. I can be a wow. mother, I can be an employee, I can be a student, I can be a spouse again. Mm-hmm. You know, that's so touching. And even if it's one woman or two women or 30 women, and it's not the whole world, we know that the direction is really, really in that way of helping women's quality of life and really give them choices that are less intrusive, hmm. invasive, giving them choices that are direct to the target to where they need that therapeutic and not some hormones that we take again and again. Hmm. And so that's uh, why it's so great to work um, in a company like Ocon because we can all as women relate um, to these indications and issues and, and therapeutics that we are working on. No, absolutely. I, I can say I feel the same way. Um, you know, typically we were talking about uh, pregnancy being a choice. You can choose to be pregnant, but you can't choose to go through menopause, right? So all of us exactly. will sort of go through this. <laughs> exactly. And the exactly. entire uh, question about, um, you know, you ne- you're menstruating, you know what that cycle means. So being a yes. part of that entire intervention journey, I'm sure must be really exciting, uh, Karen. If you weren't uh, doing this, what else do you think you would have been doing? If, if we weren't looking at femtech, any other quirky ambitions? I think I would always do something to better society or to better healthcare. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I always yeah. wish I had all the money in the world that I could just volunteer, um, <laughs> you know, just to give my time and my energy and my efforts uh, to those that really need to really need it. But maybe in the future, maybe in the future. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Karen, um, there's been a lot of taboo around different phases of women's life, especially in the Asian context. Then there are some taboos and myths in other cultural contexts. But something that we have seen, you know, is that menopause has always been an area of uh, taboo, irrespective of wherever you go. You know, um, in cultures where they see that aging is related to wisdom, looks like women face uh, fewer uh, symptoms of menopause. But in most cultures like ours, typically women want to look young, they want to be called young, fertility becomes a core, um, a sense of who we are. And I think we are we're trying to break taboos around these areas across the board. Now, uh, menstruation has become common, uh, you know, conversation. People have started talking about periods, sanitary napkins, other products. Um, postpartum depression has become a little bit of a conversation that people have started having. Sexual health is becoming a conversation. Mental health, very much so. People are coming out and speaking in the open about their anxiety and depression, which they rightly should. I think menopause still has these connotations about, you know, there's a lack of cultural awareness, of course. There are insensitivities that compel women, you know, to sort of deal with this face in silence. Any counsel on that, anything that you feel can be done, not just in the Asian context, but globally, to really change the status quo of menopause? Well, menopause is an issue. There's menopause and there's perimenopause, this whole uh, time frame before you actually go through the real thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, I know because me, uh, my team members, you know, we all are in different ages and we all either right. are going through it, have gone through it, or will go through it. I think it has a bit, a little bit of shame uh, associated yeah. with it. That women, you know, feel um, ashamed all of a sudden for having a heat uh, flash or for some changes in their mental stability. Right. Uh, even even um, you know you wake up unhappy, 
uh, or sad. Yeah. <laughs> you don't understand it and you think, mm. you know, um, maybe something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these things have to do with your personal view on, on the world. You know, I want to look and appear happy or content or healthy. And I don't feel happy, content and healthy because I'm going through menopause. And so I think it's, there's an area of, of a little bit of shame mm-hmm. uh, that's going on uh, of the women themselves. I think there's a lack of education, mm-hmm. um, really big lack of education. Um, my, uh, one of the doctors that, um, that we work with uh, prescribed some um, variation of a plant mm-hmm. that's been studied um, to me. Mm-hmm. And I feel that it helped me sleep better at night and wow. all kinds of symptoms that I'm starting to to um to to go through and i've been you know telling all my friends about it and no one has heard about it wow. and their doctors said oh yeah it exists and they give them a, a prescription so i think education is super important to educate our, our caregivers to educate ourselves to educate our kids um you, you know i laugh uh, because uh you know laugh and cry i had um a translator i was in japan hmm. uh, a very very young girl she was the sweetest thing and she um I was supposed to study, you know, what Ocon does in order to be able to translate it to the, the government officials that we were meeting with. And she said, oh, ah, menopause. Yeah, I think I think my mom maybe uh, had that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll all have that. It's 100 percent. It's mm. it's a, I promise you, mm-hmm. you know, some have it less, some have it worse. Uh, but we will all go through that stage because we will reach an age where, you know, our hormone levels drop. And these are right. the changes we should expect. Um, and so uh, and so I think it's it's a mix of a little bit of shame to be able to talk about it, uh, right. a lot of education right. to our healthcare providers, to ourselves and to our kids and to our schools. Uh, but I also think that uh, the more, you know, we discuss, even in, in, in cultures where it's a little bit more taboo, mm-hmm. um, like the Middle East, like Japan, for example, uh, I think the government has a big role in in catering uh for these very these true. types of, of blue ocean you know opportunities very um, true where women age and the aging population is growing uh and there's a lot of, of room to to look for you know health care and solutions uh for menopause for sure yeah and i think also improving the quality of life you know i'm going to be living so much longer and I want to ensure that I'm I'm able to walk around, play with my kids, my grandkids, go trek. So I think that concept of just uh, not suffering it silently, but talking about it, normalizing it, and doing something to feel better. Um, and 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 thank you for mentioning the role of the government. I think there's a huge role that the government has to play in uh, various aspects, right? And uh, organizations, you know, I think companies should probably educate their employees better. And sensitize. Um, you were mentioning, Karen, that uh, even your colleagues are in different age groups. But I think having a leader like you, who's really able to empathize with them, oh man, that solves half the problem. You know, it's to have yeah, leaders like you. Yeah. yeah, we talk about it all the time. Uh, so hopefully, you know, it creates waves of discussions at their homes and and with their friends and family. Of course. You know, the fact that their lady boss is sort of going through a few of those things, personalizing it with the others, which gives them confidence to even go back and speak to their partner about it or their child about it. I think that itself, you know, sort of like you mentioned, education opens up the front door to solving for those problems. Mm -hmm. 
So I think that's Absolutely. a great uh, that's a great accomplishment, uh, not just for your employees, but for extended family members to have a leader like you speak about this. So, Karen, a um, couple of other things that I typically ask my guests. We have some one-liners uh, pertaining to women. Um, and as we're talking about menopause, I think the question that I'd like to ask you is, if menopause was, say, a character in a Hollywood movie or any movie that you know, what do you think that would be? Um, I think it would be the little devil on your shoulders. <laughs> no one can see, but it's so annoying. Oh, wow. It keeps on talking, talking, talking. I think it would be that little devil on your shoulder. Wow. Uh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Now, a couple of quick uh, questions. Um, if I were to give you just one word to describe yourself, what would that be? Uh, happy. Wow. <laughs> and uh, uh, maybe, maybe driven also. The two words. <laughs> You, you you said happy and uh, driven driven happy or driven. Uh, uh, we had to choose yeah. yeah i think you're driven because you're happy and you're happy because you're driven so they seem like two yeah, sides of I the think. coin interesting uh three words uh, of advice for uh women in their 40s and 50s um we're good enough <laughs> oh amen wake up and exercise wake up and exercise <laughs> <a> smile <laughs> It always Amazing. makes our day better. Um, and the third thing is uh, is make sure that you have a, a group of support that you that you adore and and uh, are happy with. Change. If not, uh, change it. Change it. If it's a if it's a friend, if it's you know, just change. Uh, if it's work, um, you know, that's, uh, we don't. Although our life has been extended longer right it's still so right. short right it's no beautiful so i'm going to make post-its of this and stick it on my wall <laughs> thank you <laughs> karen if um there were five things that one should have to live their life to the fullest what would those five things be in your opinion just five things um i would think love uh happiness uh i would say drive um Hmm. That's three. Uh, two more to be to live the life to the fullest. I would say health, of course. Um, hmm. So love, yeah. health, uh, happiness, drive. Um, drive. I guess some people would say money. Money can't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last one. Money can't money hurt. Can't yeah, hurt. <laughs> that's the last. It can never hurt. Beautiful, beautiful. And actually, uh, I, I would also say uh, a belief. Um, to believe uh, if it's your, in your mm. God, in your religion, if it's in karma, whatever, you have to believe that, what, you know, you do good and then you get good. Um, and that bad things happen yeah. to bad people, but good things happen to good people. So I, I really think a belief, whatever yeah. you believe in. Um, yeah, that's just one. yeah, I think belief, like you said, also sort of uh, powers or fuels our drive. Because we believe in the greater good, we believe in like sort of a, uh, you know, shared uh, thought, an optimistic thought. Yeah, I would agree. I think belief is really important, Karen. Karen, as we uh, as we come towards the end of our uh, podcast, I'd like to ask you if there was one thing that you'd like to leave our viewers thinking about, you know, how they can prioritize their health, their happiness, how they can be as driven as you. Uh, what would that be? So a few sentences, you know, a few words of wisdom uh, for all of us women. Just 
just find something, one thing that you're passionate about. It could be anything. It doesn't have to be necessarily health. It could be a child. It could be work. It could be uh, whatever you feel passionate about. If you do you know, something you're passionate about, uh, everything will fall into place because you feel driven and you feel happy and people admire people that feel driven and happy uh, and want to help right. people that feel driven and happy. Um, it's just really pick one thing that you love and do that. Um, and not because you want to make money and not because you want to be more powerful. Just pick something that you love to do and everything else will follow. I, pr I promise. I really promise. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful words said. Would you say the same thing for women who are trying to ch make changes in their lives in their 40s and 50s? Any specific words of advice for them? Get a network of similar women uh, that have similar goals. Um, mm -hmm. It's really, really hard to do it alone, to make a change, uh, especially, mm -hmm. you know, later on in life. It's, it's really hard. So we got to get a support right. group. It could be one, two, three. It doesn't have to be 50. But get a support right. group. And when you get a support group, uh, it, it tends to be slightly easier to go through any change that you want to make. If it's in your personal life or work or school, sure so true so building that sense of sisterhood and actually getting people together very important yeah yeah i agree i agree <laughs> karen thank you so much for your time i've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation yeah. i leave this chat inspired and uh, the entire concept of being happy and driven i hope that not just me but the thousands of women who are listening in on this podcast will actually be, you know, motivated to do so. Thank you so much for your yeah, time. Try, try it. It's contagious. It is. <laughs> I promise. Thank, Thank you, you so much. It was See wonderful you. to be here. Thank Bye -bye. you. Same here. Same here. Thank you.